You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today is Wednesday, May the 12th. I am Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. Today we've got a mailbag episode. We have got some questions from you guys that I'd love to answer, love to talk about uh, before the Cardinals play tonight at 6.40. First pitch against the Milwaukee Brewers, John Gant versus Brandon Woodruff. If you want to hear the preview of that, it's in the third segment of yesterday's show, which was a late release. It was a post-game pod, uh, but nevertheless, we've got a mailbag episode for you guys today to talk about some Cardinal questions. Um, a couple of similar ones, but nevertheless, we're going to get right into it. A couple of them came um, actually before I even announced the mailbag episode, um, and uh, it came, came on Twitter, so I'm going to go ahead and get to those two first um, as we start off the the mailbag episode, and the first question comes from um, at Austin Arnold one after the Cardinals' first 35 games, do you have an adjusted prediction for the record of St. Louis for the year? Um, then he also said, love the show, keep the good work. So thank you for the kind words, Austin. Um, but nevertheless, 35 games, uh, and, and the Cardinals sit pretty comfortably right now. I think it might be 36 games now um, as, as pull up the standings here, 22 and 14. Uh, yeah, that's 30, 36 now. But 6-11 uh, winning percentage, 8-2 uh, in the last 10, four-game winning streak. You know, I still think that this team is going to be about a 92-win team. 92, you know, upper average. The upper echelon for me is, is 95. I think that, you know, the team got off to a slow start. They were 8-10 and 10 in their first 18 games. And, uh, you know, since since going 8-10, and 10, they are, let's see, 14-4. and four. So that, that, that's a pretty solid adjustment. And that 14-4 that and four came after some, some injuries. Um, we're off the books after some people returned from injuries. As Bader Bader came back, um, Kim came back. We saw O'Neill come back as well, um, and he, he's produced since he came back from injuries. So the rough start might have been more so just because of the guys that were on the field. And no disrespect to a guy like Justin Williams or Austin Dean. I think that they, they can be solid pieces. But we also saw Molina hurt for some time, and Kisner stepped in nicely there. But Molina has gotten off to a nice start this year. So I don't know really if my prediction has changed all that much. I've been very impressed with this last two, three weeks of baseball from St. Louis. It's hard not to be impressed as we see guys like Goldschmidt starting to get going here a little bit. We see guys like Arenado, Tyler O'Neill. I mean, just guys up and down the lineup are starting to, to, to get hits. I mean, Paul DeYoung might be one of the weaker links right now, and that's a conversation for another time. But, you know, long, long story short, my answer really doesn't change. My prediction really doesn't change all that much, as I, I really do think that the Cardinals are still going to be about a 95 or 90 to 92 win team. And again, 95 is that upper portion for me. And even with a guy like Miles Michaelis inching his way back, is, is uh, I'll get into that, to that a little bit later on, but you know, even with him coming back, I really do think that this team is going to be about 90 to 92 wins. Uh, my prediction hasn't changed yet. I don't think it's any lower. Could be higher, but I'm still sticking with 90 to 92. So thank you, uh, Austin, for that question. Chad at Chad zero five eight one four five four one says, "What glaring need do we need to add to make a World Series run?" In your opinion. Secondly, does his first name rhyme with Sherbert? Uh, no, it does not rhyme with Sherbert because I'm guessing, I could be wrong here, Chad, but I'm guessing that you're going for Albert. Um, 
here's my take on the Albert situation. Um, it was reported the other day, first of all, that the um, Dominican Republic might want him on the Olympic team, which he's now eligible for because he's off the roster, uh, off MLB roster. Um, he Albert is, is a larger-than-life figure. He is one of, if not the greatest, right-handed hitters of all time, one of, if not the greatest hitter in Cardinals history of all time, and someone that will always have a special place in my heart and a special place in St. Louis. That said, I really don't think that he is a, is a need on this team. He, he, he's really, right now, what you're going to get is Matt Carpenter, but right-handed, a little bit slower, can play less positions. And Pujols has said that he wants to play um, play every day, and he's not going to get that in St. Louis. As much as he might love to come back to St. Louis, and as much as we might love him to have him in St. Louis, even if just to have him in St. Louis, to have him with the birds on the bat again, he's not playing every day. So he, he's most likely not going to come back to St. Louis. So I'm really just going to say, you know, that's my prediction. If he does come back, it'll be maybe like a one-day contract, gets a pinch hit, gets the ovation especially with the Cardinals opening up to double capacity in a couple weeks with the Cubs series vaccine clinic going on this week. So that's some good news for that. But I I really don't think that Albert is the answer. Now that said, my my answer to the first part of your question, glaring need, you know, I'm waiting to see what the starting pitching kind of does because it is still only mid-May. I think Michaelis can kind of solve a question mark or two there. Bullpen solid, you know, the two needs that jump off the bat to me are shortstop and bench bat. Um, and yes, I know you might freak out and say, Albert gets the gets the bench bat. I'm sorry, I just don't think that he is the type of bench bat. that. Or he, I don't think he's the answer for, for bench bat. He, yes, I understand he's Albert. He, he would be a, a great leader. He, he's been there before. He'd be nice to have him in St. Louis. But, you know, I just think that he's too much, too, too similar to Matt Carpenter, just to, to be honest, that we, the Cardinals don't need another Matt Carpenter on their team. And, you know, intangibly, Albert is probably better than Carpenter, but at the same time, you got a winning team right now. You don't want to change it too much, but I do think that a more solidified uh, bench bat could be a solution for St. Louis. You know, Carpenter has provided some big moments off the bench this season so far, but behind him, you know, you're really going to trust a guy like Amundo Sosa. Hasn't seen much playing time. Kirchner is being reduced to the backup catcher role now. Um, and then you have, you have Justin Williams, Lane Thomas as your outfield option. So really, you know, obviously there, there are improvements to make. You, you could say you could get a more proven guy in the outfield for left or center right even, but at the same time, I'm not changing that outfield chemistry because that outfield chemistry is incredible, and really that um, that outfield defense is remarkable as well. So I would say that you know maybe the starting pitcher, um, if, if the starting rotation, uh, the bottom part, part of the rotation, if a Kim, Gant, Michaelis, even a Martinez, um, if they if they struggle at some point of the season, then you know I think that maybe that could be a need. But overall, I would say definitely just just a bench bat. Um, and, and one more question from from the Twitterverse, if you will. This comes from Gret Googly Moogly. Um, he says, with overall extremely positive early season returns, should the Birds be buyers at the trade deadline, or do they just need to get healthy? Um, which starting pitcher should they target at the deadline? Uh, thank you for your your question. I think that, that they just need to get healthy. I mentioned that a little bit earlier on in the show. Uh, I think if the Cardinals are just able to get a little bit more healthy, offensively they, they've gotten healthy. They've gotten Yachty back. They've gotten O'Neal back. They've gotten Bader back. And the early returns on Bader have been really good. Um, so I think that that, that, and that 
regard, they just need to get healthy. Um, or I'm sorry, in that regard, they have gotten healthy, but on the pitching side, they, they need to get healthy. Martinez needs to come back. Michaelis can come back, and then we'll see what, we'll see what they can do. Uh, and in terms of being buyers or sellers at the deadline, they're standing pat. Again, the deadline is still a couple months away. We're only in mid-May. Super excited for the record right now and happy with what we're seeing. Uh, but I think it's a little too early to say for the Cardinals' standpoint, should they be sellers or stand pat or buyers? Um, I don't think they're going to be sellers by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's just a matter of how aggressive are they going to try and sell or how are they just going to stand pat at the deadline. And again, I think that will more so... We'll be able to tell the market for that more so closer to to the deadline. But two guys that I would like to see them go after uh, Trevor Story as a free agent, as a trade acquisition. Um, if if Paul DeYoung continues to, to be mediocre or mediocre at best or struggle, and then from terms of starting pitching, the market still is a little out there. But a name that that has been floated around at least for speculation for being a good, being a good fit, Max Scherzer. Um, he, he, he talk about an, an elite starting pitcher the Cardinals could get, and to pair him with Flaherty at the top, and even Wainwright, <laughs> you could argue, as a one-two-three punch, that would be a pretty big one-two-three, at least a big one-two. Uh, you know, because Wainwright's going to blow up. You, you expect less blow-ups from a guy like Flaherty or Scherzer, but you know, if the Nats struggle and, and the Nats become sellers at the deadline, right now the Nats are thirteen and eighteen, um, four and a half games out of first place. So if the, Car- or the Nationals continue to struggle, I guess is the language I should use there then yeah, absolutely. I think that the Cardinals should t- make a move for Max Scherzer, um, get him for the uh, for the stretch run, and then sign him to uh, maybe a one- or two-year deal um, after after this. But again, that, that that's all d- dependent on if the Cardinals are unable to get healthy and or if the starting pitchers do struggle. So thank you for, for all the Twitter questions. All the questions remaining are from Instagram, and this is a good time to take a break. So I'll take uh, my one of two breaks today, um, and I'll be back with more questions in just a moment. Have you ever heard of Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market, taking fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares on your favorite players, just like in real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and they just added baseball to the platform. Making money with Sports Trade is simple, as player value rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes, and it's good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher the value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside like Dylan Carlson or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer like a Paul Goldschmidt. Instantly buy and sell as many shares, as many players as you like, just like the stock market, then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have nine delicious flavors plus limited time flavors as well. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My limited time flavor is always er, cookies and cream, but of these nine delicious flavors, my favorite is double chocolate. Who doesn't like chocolate? Because they're all covered 100% in chocolate, but they're still incredibly healthy. And if you haven't tried all of them, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. 
Once again, head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Get your Built Bar today. Continuing along with the mailbag portion of or the mailbag episode, I guess I shouldn't say portion, moving over to Instagram now. And again, the uh, Twitter is um, at LO underscore Cardinals as well as the Instagram. Both handles are LO underscore Cardinals if you uh, would like to get in on on the action as well. So first question uh, comes from at JP. W-I-E-L underscore B-S-B-L. You ask a bunch of questions. I apologize if I, I don't get that right. Uh, with the Cardinals playing so good, what do you think they should target at the deadline? Starting pitcher. Um, again, th- this is kind of depending on um, who, who gets healthy. You know, if Martinez is able to come back and pitch effectively, I'm, I'm rolling with Seamart. But if he's not, if he's able, if he's either unhealthy or if he comes back and pitches poorly, then yes, absolutely, a starting pitcher. Um, and again, you might want to see what the market's like for a Trevor story. Um, you know, again, this might be more of a fit for the off season. We might want to give Paul DeYoung the whole season. Um, I, I just don't know if, if he's going to be the long-term option there. He's been very serviceable. He's been very solid for St. Louis in the last three or four years. Um, really gotten along with his fan base well, and he's, he's really personal, really solid guy, but again, uh, I just don't know if he's the middle of the lineup bat that the Cardinals really need to make a World Series run or to make a postseason run. Um, and again, I'm always one to say that you, you can never have enough pitching, um, and th- this pitching staff is really, really strong. Um, if you missed the show yesterday or first-time listener or whatever you, you got, please know that I love, love, love this pitching staff. But that said, you can never have enough pitching. Um, so, you know, if, if a guy like John Gant or Carlos Martinez or even K.K. Kim or even Miles Michaelis, I know the Cardinals have a lot of money invested in Michaelis, uh, but if any of those guys start to struggle, then, then maybe you, you do work to package a deal for a starting pitcher. Um, but also, you, you have to wonder, what if Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader start to fall off the face of the earth, and then you got to wonder if you want an outfield addition, then maybe they go after an outfielder. Who knows? Uh, but but I, I think that right now, as the Cardinals stand, you know, as they stand right now, probably starting pitching, um, again, I don't expect any moves to be made here in the middle of May. I expect most of the moves to be made in July, if there are any moves made. Um, but but again, it, it, it'll all depend on who who who, stays, who who gets healthy, who stays healthy, who pitches well at the right times, and, and everything like that. So, so thank you for that question. Next question comes from at phil.sgt. Whose rotation spot is more expendable, Gantt or Seamart? Uh, I'm going to go with John Gantt. Um, and I don't say that to mean that John Gantt, John Gantt himself is more expendable. I think that the rotation spot is more expendable. I think that Carlos Martinez is not going to the bullpen. If Carlos Martinez isn't starting for St. Louis, he's starting for somebody else. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to move him back to the bullpen, whereas John Gant, you know, has been widely more more um, impressive in the bullpen than he has in the starting rotation. He's got to be able to go more than five innings. He's got to be able to walk less than four or five batters a game. That's the main problem for Gant, and, you know, Maybe the walks have to do, you know, you, you might say that, oh, if he's walking everybody, why put him in the bullpen? Well, I would argue that maybe the walks are coming because he is trying, not trying to, he's being able to use more than just a fastball changeup. He's, as a starter, you tend to use more than just two pitches, right? But in the bullpen, you can usually rely on two pitches. So maybe his other pitches just aren't as 
um, developed as, as we once thought. Because if you look at his game logs, I mean, the walks, to me, are just borderline ridiculous. He's had one start this season um, with less than three walks. He went four innings, walked three on his first start, five innings, three walks, five innings, five walks, six innings, two walks, and his best start of the year against Cincinnati. Five innings, five walks, and then four and a third innings, and a career-high six walks in his most recent timeout. Um, so so I just think that he, he has shown more success in the bullpen. He, he just has. Uh, he, he was a dominant piece in the bullpen the last handful of years, um, and, and the splits there will show you that over the course of his career um, as, as a starter. Like I said, his numbers aren't terrible. He, in 34 games as a starter, he is 8-13 with a 3.66 ERA, 164 innings. Um, but again, his whip is 1.4. He's got 100, I'm sorry, 91 walks in those 164 innings, so not great. And then as a reliever, his ERA is a little bit lower, just a touch at 360. Um but he's given up less home runs in, in about similar similar innings, only 130, I should say. But um, his whip is lower, his strikeouts per nine is lower, his strikeouts per walk is lower, um, his walk ratio is lower. So just more success out of the bullpen over the course of his career. And again, when, when you're looking at his starts, 19 of his 34 starts came in 2018 when his ERA was 361. Um, and then when you look more recently in his numbers as a reliever, um, in, in 2018, he had seven games under the bullpen, 270 ERA. Um, and then in, in 2019, he had a 3.66 ERA out of the bullpen. And then last year, 240 out of the bullpen. Just 15 innings in 2020, I get it. But because of that, I think Gant's spot is more expendable. Because it's a real easy flip just to put him back in the bullpen if Michaelis comes, when Michaelis comes back or if the Cardinals do go after somebody at the deadline. I really do think that, that Gant is the guy to go. Um... Gant's going to be the guy to go, in my opinion, once Michaelis does come back. Um, and and that, that might be the next couple of weeks. So, so this could be a big start tonight for John Gant to say, okay, is, is he the guy? Is, is you know, I'm not saying he has to pitch like a number one by any stretch of the imagination, but is he going to be the guy that, that can that can get outs and cannot walk five guys, four or five guys a day? Um so, so, yeah, so I think Gantz is more expendable. I would like to see Gantz probably go back to the bullpen. I think that statistically that's where he's better. I think that he looks better. I think that this team is better. Bottom line, yeah, the, the bottom line, I think the team is better with him in the bullpen. So I think that uh, once Michaelis comes back and whoever, if the Cardinals do get somebody, Gantz should go back to the bullpen. So got one more question and then some other news and notes to talk about on um, the segment number three. Uh, the final question is about or more of a comment, really. But the final uh, point is about Paul DeYoung. Uh, so we'll be talking about Paul DeYoung coming up here in just a moment. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. In addition to baseball season, you've got the NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. In the NBA, NHL, playoff runs are starting, and in MLB, it's time to prepare for the long haul of the season. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
again, final question coming in um, from the Instagram, sliding up on the Instagram story. Um, again, Instagram and Twitter are both at LO underscore Cardinals, and I am on Twitter at LJ Fastball. This one comes in from at Mo Saints Fan 2002. DeYoung won't be in the lineup the next season. He should be hitting like seventh. Uh, so just to, to address the, the the comment on DeYoung there, really, uh, the season has not been overly kind to DeYoung. Uh, 180 batting average, 281 on base percentage, 377 slugging, and a 658 OPS, 86 OPS plus. OPS plus average, league average is 100, so he's below the average there. He is tops on the team in home runs with seven, so he seems to be all or nothing when he does hit. 17 RBIs, eight runs driven in. Um, this is a guy that was an all-star in 2019. He was the lone Cardinal all-star. Should he have been an all-star? That's a different question. Um, but, I mean, ever since his rookie year, um, his batting average has, has taken a dip. His slugging has taken a dip. His OPS has taken a dip. His OPS plus was taking a dip. Um, you know, But this is a guy that hit 30 home runs two years ago. This is a guy that hit 25 home runs his rookie year. Um, and, and again, in the age of home runs, that might not be top-notch like it was, say, in the early 2000s where, you know, or mid-2000s, I guess I should say, where guys, you know, 30 home runs is a, a maybe a more important number, but 30 home runs is still 30 home runs. Uh, but but nevertheless, I, I still don't think Paul DeYoung is a long-term answer. Um, the, the on-base, the, the batting average I can get over, the batting average could correct itself over the course of a season, but but for me, what what really jumps out at me are the, the is the on base percentage of 281 and the slugging of 377 for an OPS of 658, which would be a career low for Paul DeYoung. Um, nothing against Paul DeYoung, like I said, he he is his contract is a bit of a problem, I think, as w- when you say, and again, I, I'm not saying that just because a guy is signed to a big contract means that he has to play. But th- that's why Paul DeYoung is going to be given every benefit of the doubt. He signed a six-year, $26 million contract before the 2018 season. So he's on the books for 2022 and 2023 um, for $6 million next year, $9 million a year after that, and then a club option for both the 2024 and 2025 seasons. So if the Cardinals do try and trade him, the team that's going to take him on is going to take Probably most of that contract, especially if the Cardinals try and work out another deal with the Colorado Rockies and Trevor Story, which I don't think uh, is going to necessarily happen. I, I would like to see them go after Trevor Story. I think that he could vastly uh, improve this team. Uh, you know, I think that defensively that they're very similar, um, and then offensively I would give the edge to Trevor Story at uh, the shortstop position. Um, and when, when you look at his numbers this year. Um, that that's going to tell you why he's hitting 278 on base of 350 slug of 484 OPS of 834 OPS plus of 118 four homers 20 runs driven in um he's been a solid hitter for the most for most of his career he's going to strike out a little bit more you know about the same rate as the young but I really think that Trevor Story could be beneficial I think that uh, with the money of most likely Carpenter maybe even Martinez going off the books um I would like to see the Cardinals I would honestly like to see them upgrade at shortstop more than I would like to see them upgrade in the outfield. I think that this outfield has more upside than, than the than Paul DeYoung has, Paul DeYoung does at shortstop. And I agree, even if the Cardinals do keep Paul DeYoung, I really don't think he's a fifth-place hitter. I would much rather see Molina bat fifth or even O'Neal bat fifth. Uh, you know, if O'Neal bats fifth, then you have probably Yachty six and DeYoung seven or even, uh, uh, even DeYoung eight, Bader seven. But I, I agree 
that DeYoung is probably not a middle-of-the-order bat. And uh, so, so thank you, most Saints fan 2002 for that question. And thank you to everybody for filling in your questions. Uh, much appreciated for this mailbag episode. Um, other news and notes that, that you know, I talked about a little bit, but um, the capacity is being doubled, which is huge. Good news for St. Louis. Uh, Bush Stadium is, is going to be packed again with fans, and um, it, it's going to be great. Bush Stadium, is, in my opinion, and in my Possible biased opinion is one of the more beautiful parks uh, in, in all of baseball. Um, I'm betting on the most most beautiful park in all of baseball. Well, that's just me. But um, other other than that, that, that's all I got for today's episode. I think that the Cardinals are playing really good baseball right now. Appreciate it, enjoy it. But at the same time, um, we got to be ready in case um, you know injuries happen, and you know, knock on wood, and or anything like that. But also, um, you know. Guys going to slumps and things like that. But right now, things are clicking for St. Louis, and this team is a lot, a lot, a lot of fun uh, to watch. So tomorrow's episode will be a recap on the game tonight, um, as well as a little mini preview for tomorrow's game, which is only on YouTube. Uh, tomorrow's game is on YouTube um, streaming there, so just as an FYI for all of you folks out there. Um, but until I see you guys again, uh, again, follow the Twitter at LJFastball. Email the show if you'd like, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And... Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.